And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind, and last night at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins opened up a six-game homestand with their first of three against the visiting New York Mets. In game one last night, Sandy Alcantara went opposite of Chris Bassett. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Oh, a strange night of baseball here in Miami tonight. Mets get the job done. They beat the Marlins 6-4 in the opening game of this three-game series. The Marlins started quickly, and with Sandy Alcantara on the mound, you liked their chances, but the Mets came right back against Sandy, and it was a very un-Sandy-like outing here tonight. He was fighting himself pretty much from the get-go, was able to battle through five and left a 4-4 game, but the Mets get it done on the Nimmo home run in the eighth, and they improved 8-4 against the Marlins this season. Sandy started against Chris Bassett, and in inning number one, things got off to a typical Sandy start. He caught Brandon Nimmo looking at strike three to start the ball game, but then Starling Marte singled, and Francisco Lindor worked a walk. Mets had two on with one out. Sandy came back to struck out Pete Alonso for the second out, and he got Daniel Vogel back on a terrific sliding catch in center field by J.J. Blade. Blade, the rookie center fielder, making his Lone Depot Park debut tonight for the Marlins. A great play to get Miami out of the top of the first. In the bottom of the first, after Sandy had needed 23 pitches in the top of the inning, Chris Bassett got the first two outs quickly. Joey Wendell and Jesus Aguilar. But then Lewin Diaz walked. Avi Garcia singled. J.J. Bleday had an infield single. So with two outs in the first, the Marlins loaded the bases for Miguel Rojas. Right-hander fires, and Miggy lines with down the right field line. It's fair trouble. Fair ball just barely rolling toward the corner. Diaz scores. Garcia scores. They're going to wave Lede. The relay home, not in time. It's a three-run double for Miguel Rojas. And the Marlins lead it 3-0 in the first. <laughs> and so you thought, with Sandy on the mound, the Marlins were sitting pretty. But back came the Mets in the second. Sandy got the first out. Jeff McNeil on a fly ball to left. But Marcana doubled. Luis Guillorme then bounced to second for the second out. So there was a man at third, but two outs. Sandy had a way out of the inning, facing number nine man, the catcher, Tomas Nito. And he jumped ahead, no balls, two strikes. But Nito was able to work a walk. That extended the inning, giving Brandon Nimmo a shot. Men at the corners, two down. Pitch to Nimmo is in there to center field. Blade is going back on it, gets turned around onto the track at the wall. It's off the wall. Extra bases. Canna scores. Nito held it third on a double by Nimmo, and it's 3-1. to one. And the next man to the plate, the one-time Marlin, now Marlin's killer, Starling Marte. 1-0 to Marte is lined to right center. That's going to get down for hits. going to split the gap and tie the game. Nito and Nimmo score. Marte's at second, digging for third. Williams won't make a throw. It's a two-run triple for Marte. He's got four straight multi-hit games, and it's 3-3 in the second. Sandy then walked Francisco Lindor, but he got Pete Alonso hit into fielder's choice, ending the inning. Before it was all said and done, eight to the plate for the Mets in the second. Three runs on three hits and a couple of walks. Sandy through 29 pitches. He was at 52 pitches through two innings, and it was 3-3 as the Marlins came to the plate in the bottom of the second inning. Luke Williams led off with a walk. Jacob Stallings followed with a single, and the Marlins had men at the corners. Nobody out for Joey Wendell. Here's the 1-1, and it's a bouncer to the second baseman. Charged by McNeil. Backhand flip to Lindor for one. Back to first. It's double play. 
in from third. Williams, though, and the Marlins have the lead back at 4-3. to three. But the Marlins would not score again in this game. And after Sandy pitched around a leadoff double by Dan Vogelbach in the third inning, the Mets would knock things up in the fourth. Two outs, nobody on for Starling Marte. 2-2. Marte hammers one to center. Blade going back onto the track at the wall. And we're tied at four on a Starling Marte home run. His 11th of the season. He's three for three in four innings against Sandy. And a double shy of a cycle. Well, Sandy will get out of that fourth inning, striking out Lindor. With one out in the fifth, he allowed a double to Daniel Vogelback and then a single to Jeff McNeil, putting Mets at the corners. But he struck out Mark Canna for the second out, got Guillaume to fly to center on what was Sandy's 100th and final pitch in the ball game tonight. Sandy done after five innings, left a 4-4 tie, allowed four runs on eight hits, walked three, struck out five, allowed the Marte home run, Sandy sees his ERA go from 181 to 1.99 here tonight. It was the first time Sandy failed to go beyond five innings since back on May 6th when he went only four and two-thirds against the Padres. He's gone at least six innings and each of his last 14 consecutive starts. 14 straight starts, six or more innings. The eight hits allowed by Sandy tonight, a season high. The four runs, one shy of a season high. And again, 100 pitches in just five innings for Alcantara. And he left a 4-4 game. It would stay 4-4 because Chris Bassett settled in after the shaky beginning to his night. He allowed a two-out hit batsman. That was all in the fourth inning. A 1-2-3 fifth. Pitched around back-to-back singles to start the sixth inning, getting a fly ball and a double play. And we went to the seventh. The Marlins and Mets 4-4. Dylan Floro pitched a 1-2-3 sixth inning for Miami. Anthony Bass pitched around a couple of walks in the top of the seventh. Mets went to the bullpen in their half of the seventh after Bassett completed six, four hits, six, or four runs, rather, six hits, walked four, struck out two, hit a batter, 103 pitches, 64 strikes. Adam Adovino worked a scoreless bottom of the seventh inning, and in the top of the eighth, after Floro and Bassett put up zero, Stephen Oker came out of the bullpen. Pinch hitter Eduardo Escobar hit a ground ball to the right of the shortstop, Miguel Rojas. Miggy went into the hole, he fielded it. Made a long, strong throw across the first, but Escobar, running as hard as he could, was able to beat it out, an infield single, and that would loom large. Tomas Nito then dropped down a sack bunt. Go-ahead man was at second with one out in the eighth inning for Brandon Nemo. Oh, one to Nemo is driven to deep right field. Garcia's back in front of the bullpen. Home run, Brandon Nemo, 6-4 Mets in the eighth. Nemo is 10th of the season. Nemo came into this game hitting just 190 in his last 14 games. He had no extra base hits, no RBIs in his last eight. But tonight, a double, a homer, three RBIs, goes two for five. And that home run gave the Mets lead. They would not relinquish. Trevor Williams pitched a 1-2-3 eighth inning. And then Edwin Diaz struck out the side in the ninth. Needed only ten pitches to strike out. Pinch hitters Nick Fortes and Jesus Sanchez and then Joey Wendell. And the Mets prevail tonight, 6-4 in Miami. For the visitors, six runs, 11 hits, no errors, 11 left. For Miami, four runs, seven hits, no errors. Marlon Strand, six in the game. Adam Adovino, the winner in relief, five and two. For Steven Okert, his first loss in six decisions. He's five and one. Edwin Diaz, save number 23 in 26 tries. Hasn't blown a save since early May. Time of the game, three hours, 16 minutes tonight as the Mets prevail six to four. Mets have won four straight. They improved to 62 
and 37 on the season. They're 25 over, not just for the first time this year, 25 games over 500 for the first time since the end of the 2006 season. It's been 16 years since the Mets were 25 over as they are right now at 62 and 37. They ended that 06 season at 97 and 65, 32 games over 500. They improved to 31 and 21 on the road. As for the Marlins, now have lost 8 of 12. Miami is 47 and 53 as the Marlins hit the 100 game mark, 62 to go. Marlins fall 15 and a half games behind the Mets for the first time this season, their largest deficit in the division. Miami's now 22 and 24 here at Lone Depot Park. So the Mets stormed from behind. Sandy had early run support. He couldn't hang on. Neither could the Marlins. The Mets win at 6-4. Let's hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the ball game. Donnie, a back-and-forth game right out of the gates today. You guys mm. come up early, score three, Mets come back, tie game for the majority of the game. Um, obviously not the results that you guys wanted, but a very competitive game. How would you describe like, the motions of one like this? Uh, you know, we're at a point where... Like for me, every one of them like hurts when we lose. Uh, so that's kind of how you feel after these. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was a game that obviously we jump out early. You feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, and they get right back, uh, get it right back. We get another run, and then it's pretty much hangs right there. You know, the rest of the way. So it was just one of those games. Does it feel like at this part of the season uh, there's a, a bit of a different energy of a game like this, especially playing against the division rivals who you guys have seen so many times in the last month? Yeah, I don't think it's got anything to do with them necessarily. It's just really more about us. I think our energy is good as far as being ready to play every day. Uh, I think we know where we're at, and like every game is one of those you feel like you, you know, there's ways to go, but you still feel like every game is a big game uh, and not because it's a division rival, because it's a game that we feel like we have to win. Sandy, not the sharpest tonight, back-to-back uh, starts with three walks, um, but he was able to give you guys five. Yeah, even like we've talked about Sandy, even, even when he's not as sharp as he can be, he's going to keep you in the game. And so obviously not as good, not like we're kind of getting accustomed to and getting spoiled to him going seven, eight innings every time he goes out there. Um, yeah, the last, I'd say the the last two have been a little unsandy-like, um, but, you know, we know that's going to write itself. Anything specific that you saw from him those first swings? You guys pitch on to like 50-something up there through before by the time got six outs? No, they're a tough club. They put the ball in play. They, they, they with two strikes, they're going to spread out on you and try to put a ball in play. So their club's going to make you work. So... Um, the only thing you probably see for me more than anything, and obviously I'm not a pitching guy, but it's just his tempo. He seemed fast tonight, like he was up and ready to roll and not quite as as calm and collected uh, as we've seen. So, uh, but that's kind of a, you know, from my standpoint, which is kind of a layman on pitching. Yeah, but when the when his pitch count gets up that high after two innings, is there a sort of conversation that happens, or what does that look like? No, there's no conversation with him at that time. No, it's just we know what's going on. Obviously, you know it's not a an outing unless he just all of a sudden they're swinging at everything and and making quick outs that it gets too deep. You know it's going to be a five or you know five or six when he's over fifty after two. You know, pretty good chance he's not going much past six unless six would be a stretch, and that's when he's getting quick outs. Knowing that he's 
proven to be reliable in that way that even when he gets his pitch count up high after two innings, you're, you know that you're still going to get five or six innings out of him. What kind of relief does that bring you knowing that your bullpen isn't going to have to eat up like six innings? I don't know if it's so much relief as it is that, you know, you have confidence in Sandy that he's going to regroup. You know, he's hard to put together, you know, a ton of good at-bats against, even though, like, again, his stuff is, is good enough that even when he's a, he's a little off, it's going to – he's not just going to get beat up. And so, um, you, you know, you're confident in that. It's not so much, you know, relief, but, uh, you know, it's not the typical Sandy. Occurred in the eighth, the Nimmo home runs specifically. What did you see there? And I think it's back to back games where he's giving up home runs. Yeah, Naquin got him yesterday on a pretty good pitch on a fastball uh, and did a nice job with him. And consequently, I guess he's over there with the Mets now. Um, but the one tonight looks like a breaking ball. I'm not sure if it just stayed there or didn't didn't move. Um, but yeah, so just a, just a slider. It looked like it stayed there. Done with uh, Trevor going down to the AL. Uh, you have a starter for tomorrow. Yeah, we haven't we haven't quite made that move yet, but well, we do have a starter for tomorrow. I just need to tell the corresponding move before we would let it out. When did the back stuff start with Trevor? After the bullpen, I think it was yesterday. By the end of the day yesterday, uh, felt some tightening up. And I know him and Mel, and they've been working on some stuff, you know, mechanically, just uh, putting him in some different positions to get him, you know, back to where he was uh, early 21. And, it, you know, we we knew that we taking chances that there was a chance that he was going to be finding some new muscles and some things. Uh, and so we're not quite sure this is uh, not just that, like a new – you know, kind of getting in different positions, so just a soreness. Uh, but we couldn't really take that chance tomorrow of, of putting him out there when that's going on. Uh, but there was a lot accomplished. I think they both. I think everyone felt good about the bullpen yesterday. Uh, and now we, you know, obviously we'll have a little time to try to put this thing together. It was consequential at the time of Miggy's fielder's choice when he dove to his right. Uh, late in the game when Alonzo was batting, did you feel the momentum shift then? But then an inning later, um, the ground ball at Escobar beat out. Miggy was deep in the hole. Is that just a play that he's got to feel quicker, try to rush to throw, or Escobar was hustling him the whole way? No, I, I don't think Miggy did anything wrong. He just you know, he seemed to beat that and got him deep in the hole. So, you know, I know Miggy's, you know, again, I, I haven't looked at the play, but it didn't look like there was anything that he did wrong. Uh, just just beat that play. But I know Miggy's dealing with some leg stuff, and so, you know, I guess it could be a, a spot where he's not quite getting there as quick as he, he maybe would normally, but, you know, I know I know there was no lack of, you know, energy or effort or paying attention to the game, you know, anything like that. So uh, just a hustle by them and, and really just beat a play. Offense, you guys get the four quick runs of the first two innings and then nothing, the final seven. Just what did you see there from after getting getting so far away not being able to sustain it? Yeah, I think our only shot was kind of there in the sixth, right? And um, that's the only spot that we really kind of put anything back together. Um, yeah, so, we, yeah, we just didn't get a lot going after that. I mean, there 
It's like we see a lot with games. It seemed like it was both ways, right? Both teams score early, and then guys settle in and, and seem like you got a game and you're, you're needing to push some across somehow. That was Donnie after the Marlins lost to the Mets last night. The Mets improved to 62-37, and 37, while the Marlins fall back to 47-53. and 53. Before we hear from Sandy, let's pause for a quick commercial break. Back with you on Marlins Rewind this morning. Let's hear from Sandy Alcantara, who really had to labor in his start against the New York Mets last night. Sandy, the fourth time you've seen these Mets all within the span of a month. They collected eight hits. It's the most that you've given up. What makes this lineup so difficult? Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, God, for keeping me healthy through the game. I mean, yeah, when you got to face the same team, you know, again and again, you know, I think um, they make a um, quick adjustment to you. You know, you guys can see today, you know, they, they was ready for me and they, they make a lot of hard contact, you know, but uh, I got to keep positive and keep competing. Despite not being your sharpest tonight, Sandy, you're still able to get through five innings. How would you evaluate the way you performed today and how were you able to get through five? No, I feel so bad to myself, you know, because you guys know how hard it is when you go out there. You know, you want to have like a really good game all the time, you know. But today was, was my day, you know, but I was, kick, I was competing, you know, pitch by pitch. And I feel bad, you know, because I want to be out there and give all the time 100% for my team. And, and win the game but today was my day well, tough with that second inning two outs and then they get all the damage against you know you were basically potentially one pitch away from from throwing up a zero and then three runs come across uh, first two inning you know I mean they made me work a lot you know I mean you I can see I throw like 55 or something pitches in two inning you know that never happened to me you know but I gotta keep positive you know because I know we, we can do better Donnie said that it seemed like you were pitching faster than you might normally be. Did you feel that on the mound? I mean, uh, I think I, I was, yeah, I was a little quick during the first three inning, you know, but Mel, Mel told to me a little bit, you know, and I got to come down, you know, and go outside and try to, to relax a little bit, you know, and keep competing. What was that conversation with Mel like? Uh, you know, he went, he came to me, you know, he said, hey, you're too quick to home play, you know, just relaxing, take your time, you know, and throw your best pitch. Starling Marte, he's a guy that you know from being teammates with him. Just what are the challenges going up against a guy like him? Uh, you know, he know me. You know, he know me. Maybe he know I'm gonna throw a fastball there. You know, and he hit it. You know, this is part of the game. When you know your teammate, your player, or something, you know, you wanna take a bunt. That was Sandy Alcantara after the Mets up and the Marlins 6-4 to in game one of this three-game weekend set last night. Game two of this series comes your way at 6-10 tonight. It is to be determined who takes the mound for Miami. That's because Trevor Rogers has been placed on the injured list. Whomever goes opposite... Uh or whoever takes the mound for the Marlins will go opposite of the veteran right-hander Cookie Carrasco for the Mets. It's a 6-10 first pitch. We'll hit the air at 540 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.